Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Guys, welcome back to the Hoop Ball Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation. If you'd like to go and follow us on Twitter, at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K. And uh, at Hoop Ball Pels is the show. Guys, long-suffering... Pels supporter, sitting alongside me in the room. First one that I've recorded in the room. Uh, I've been hounded to invite this very special guest on today. Um, She has had to sit alongside me while we watch every single Pels game. And uh, it is Lark Hair. Lark, how are you going? I'm going well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's been a long long time coming. Yes, well, long-suffering, uh... Pelicans fan, like most of us, uh, we just finished, well, watching the Phoenix Suns um, collapse, I guess. Uh, well, again, the Pels taking on the Phoenix Suns, first game of the road trip. There's plenty of news we're going to talk about today. Firstly, we're going to be talking about Zion and the update on him. We've also got the City jerseys, uh, the release of that, and the, I suppose the the flack that came uh, with that design, we'll have a chat about that, and then we'll, of course, recap the Phoenix Suns game, um, A Tale of Two Halves, which seems to really be the uh, the theme of this Pelican season. So I suppose we might as well kick off, well, I suppose before we do, actually, we'll thank the sponsors, mybookie.ag, use the code HOOPBALL when you sign up, that'll give you a deposit match, 100% deposit, um, Obviously, there's terms and conditions with that, and check that out when you sign up. And manscaped.com, use the code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at checkout. That'll give you 20% off and free shipping. And because we love a discount, go and get yourself the Lawn Mower 4.0. All right, down to brass tacks. So the report, we'll kick it off before we get into the Phoenix Suns game. Zion Williamson... Past his first round of scans, he has been cleared to go into the next phase of recovery, which is the non-contact drills. So he's doing everything with the team except playing contact. So five on zero, one on zero, whatever. He's just not playing against anyone. Probably two to three weeks before they do another scan. Um, not unsurprising. Like, what did you think of the news coming out that uh, Zion's going to miss more time? Well, this is no good for the team, really. Um, you can just see out there on the court every single game, they need Zion. They need the points and they need someone to open up the floor. They need, you know, you've got you've got players out there that just are unwilling to shoot when they're being defended. TM3 is an absolute standout for me. 
he just doesn't look confident out there. And you, you're just thinking to yourself, as soon as Zion comes, he's drawing two defenders to the other side of the court and all of a sudden TM3 is getting an open look or Nikhil's getting an open look. It, it's just going to completely blow the game wide open. Um, and to begin these close games without Zion, it just makes you think what what's going to happen when we get him. So we need him healthy. But the rhetoric around him, around his weight and, and all of that jazz, I mean, I don't really... Um, I don't really support it. I don't really think it's relevant. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously that question of do you rush him back when you can clearly see that he's probably a bit heftier than he has been in uh, previous seasons. Yeah, but, but the way people are going on about his weight, it, it you just wouldn't see it in other aspects of life. And I get that he is a professional athlete, so he needs to maintain some certain level of you know, healthiness or weight or, or body proportions or whatever it is. But even Stan Van Gundy said today during the um, Suns game, he was 10% body fat last year. And people thought he was a big boy then. So, you know, how much has he really blown out? Like, no one's really seen him yet. He's full of muscle. He's a big guy. And he hasn't moved for the best part of three months since he did his foot. So is all that weight just going to shed off the second he can actually get into some running and get into some, you know, drills and fitness and play basketball again? Yeah, well, I guess we've got to treat this as like his preseason. Essentially, he's had a whole, you know, six months off now. For him, if he has put weight on, well, it's probably fair enough because he hasn't been doing anything. I mean, absolutely, I, I agree with you completely. Yeah, what what did you expect to have happen? Mm. Like, and you know. and on that, people are like, oh, well, you know, it'll be a week and then we'll have. Zion back. Well, he's coming off a broken foot. He's gone from zero training to, I don't know, the next stage of that or slight running. Are you then going to put him straight into an NBA no. game ready to play? No, no you're not. absolutely not. Because he's going to be fragile too. He's got to build up his strength again. And then, yeah, if he is slightly heavier and people don't think he's got the match fitness, then, yeah, that's going to take a minute or two for him to get prepared again. And and that can only be expected. That's not... I don't think that we should be playing this blame game on Zion and acting like he's just spent the last three months, you know, chowing down on hot dogs and meat pies. <laughs> well, you know, we can't verify whether or not that has been the case, but he has... Um, it is going to be a wait-and-see approach. Um, Brandon Ingram, the injury report just keeps growing, and we'll get into that in the Suns game. Brandon Ingram out again for the Suns game. Um with that hip contusion that he was saying before the game that uh, basically they're just trying to get the pain to a manageable level so that he can play. Uh, not really the ideal situation that you can have with your other star player who's meant to be carrying us. And if his workload's already too much and his hips are already given up on him, well, gosh, you know, it's going to be a tricky thing. I mean, I have seen this before where guys go and start putting muscle on and all of a sudden hips become a bit of an issue because core strength deficiencies and the like and you're moving uh, heavier upper body than you than you had in your legs previously. But regardless, B.I.'s got to get himself back and it was, it was obvious today in that Suns game, as we'll get into, um, that that was needed a, a scorer down the line. Now, changing tact a little bit without chatting about Zion and all the copious amounts of injuries that we're going through. The other big news that came out since we last recorded a pod was the City jerseys drop, the mixtape throwback jerseys. Um, Bit of flack about the Pelicans one, particularly the 
New Orleans whoa video that uh, surfaced online out of nowhere and uh, should just go back to wherever it came from in the internet. Uh, Lark, you talk us about uh, those jerseys and, and what you thought about them. The jerseys are one thing. I think the thing with the jerseys is they're uninspiring, right? They're just they just look a plain home jersey. And instead of Pelicans or New Orleans, it says NOLA. So there's nothing there that really gets anyone excited and, you know, gets gets people talking. It just looks a bit boring, a bit bland. That's one thing. And, and I think that as, you know, as fans and, and the Twitter space has kind of been talking about, it's a case of, okay, right, it's a boring jersey. Cool. All right. Then you look at all the other jerseys and it looks particularly boring up against the likes of the Chicago one or um, the Atlanta Hawks one. And then it doubles down once you get to the video. And, you know, you and I were watching all of those videos that that the other teams were releasing. And they were so cool. Like, for me, the Hawks one, I just thought was brilliant. The way they had... And if you haven't watched it, you should definitely go and watch it once you finish finish listening to the pod. Um, But the, the way they had all these defining moments in their team's history, and then they took a little bit from each jersey and then made this year's jersey. And it was just so cool. And then you look at our video and it's, I mean, maybe they're a famous band in New Orleans that we just don't know about. Um, but it's just, you know, five people walking down a street singing a random song about how we like to party all night. And, you know, we have a great time in New Orleans. Like it's just, it looked like to me a school assignment, a, you know, some sort of seniors photography video class assignment to make this video and it was just uninspiring it had nothing to do with basketball hardly anything to do with new orleans they could have been walking down any sidewalk i mean we got a tiny bit of a couple of snapshots of some new orleans sites but other than that just disappointing and and i guess the rebuttal to that is but we haven't got the history that some of the other teams have got and and my response is then focus on the future focus on the players you do have I mean, was it the Clippers we were watching and they all had the reactions to the jerseys? So they had a few players come out and go, oh, wow, and like looking at the jerseys for the first time. I mean, maybe that just would have been a rubbish video because the jerseys was were boring. So <laughs> maybe you weren't going to get a great snippet from TM3 looking at a city jersey. I'm not too sure. But focus on the future. Focus on what we do have. Focus on Zion. Focus on BI. Focus on some of those powerful moments that we've seen. and And give us a little bit of basketball in there and New Orleans such a city with so much rich history itself with so much culture itself how have you been able to produce a bland jersey with an embarrassing video I just yeah I just think it's a shambles to be honest and back to the drawing board rewind six months and redo it or is that way too harsh? You're looking at me like that's way too harsh. Well I mean it, it is one of those things it is a perfectly clean jersey the issue is the delivery the issue is the theme, it was like it was an afterthought. It was like the Pelicans are like, well, what's the point um, of having a, a a nice jersey down here? We're just going to throw it around. And, and you, you know, there was it, it just looked half-assed. And I think that was unfair for the Pelicans. Absolutely. And I think the, the, the line that you need to think about in the song was, we love a subtle remix. What is that? What does that even mean? 
We're, we're the New Orleans Pelicans and we're always down for a subtle remix. <laughs> What's a subtle remix? What even is that? That's not like a term. You can't just coin a whole new term called subtle remix. And also, New Orleans isn't subtle. And... What's a remix? Just putting out the exact same shirt that we've already got, but riding Nola. Like, it's just, it's lame, it's half-assed, and it's underwhelming. Which, I, I really, that's not my reflection of the team, though, for the whole season. That's just my reflection of the jersey. <laughs> yeah, easy, easy, easy. It, it is, yeah, it was a disappointing result getting those jerseys, I think. If they had have launched them as the new home jerseys, the new white jersey, I think they're spot on. But I just think there was so much opportunity to make such a fantastic jersey. And unfortunately, that coupled with an underwhelming minute-long video when other people had personalities from different from their relevant uh, cities, they had uh, paying homage to the people that come before, or even um, you know the Minnesota Timberwolves, whose future, oh, their past is not as long um, as some of the other teams. They threw it back and, and showed us these new young guys reenacting some of the ones from even a few years ago. There's no reason why we couldn't reenact a few of the uh, more successful seasons. You know, it, it makes... Well, I mean, put that in quotation marks, I guess. More successful. Define that in Pelicans terms. But um, disappointing, to say the least, I think. And, and I feel like it was a real opportunity to bring people together. And again, you let the fans down. And... The, it goes back to the organisation. It's not the players and it's not the coaches. There's a higher level of organisation here that it just isn't hitting the nail on the head. I mean, you're missing the mark time and time again. And when does it stop? When does it get to the point where the fans just stop coming? Well, you can see it in the crowds. People don't want to go. You know, and whether that's because we're just going to lose or because the arena in-game experience is down or the, um, you know, I've heard reports that, you know, they cancelled the pre-game uh, beer garden, which was something that Jake Madison talked about on his pod, she can go and listen to. And, uh, you know, what is the benefit of having a, a season membership? There's none at the moment because you're not seeing your team win. You're also not getting anything from it. I can wait until 10 minutes before and get tickets for a dollar if I do want to go at the last minute. And where does it where does it end? And and successful uh, unsuccessful teams need to mirror successful teams because somehow they've got it right. And and if you can't get it on the court, you need to make every other experience around good. It needs to be enjoyable. It needs to be an event. You don't want to go and just watch your team get pumped and then walk out and you've spent $14 on a hot dog and, and chips and and a couple of cold or warm beers. You know, you, that's not what you want. The fan experience needs to be better and all of a sudden you will get more people to the games. Those people in the games will bring in energy. The players will feel the energy and will win some of these close games. Now, I think that is a perfect time to segue into the game today. So, the Pelicans took on the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix, uh, fell short 112-100 to after leading by up by 20 uh, in the second quarter, and uh, Taylor two halves. Um, I suppose, Lark, what did you think of the game today? Overall, opening thoughts. Overall opening thoughts, 
were good. I mean, we're watching and we're excited. I did say to you at the, you know, four minutes into the game, quick, get a photo because the, the Pelicans are up and this might never happen again for the, <laughs> until Zion gets back in Christmas time or whatever it's going to be. Um, no, good. It was it was good to see the young guys out there. It was lovely that we had the starters go out. They did a good job, got us going. And then the whole bench came out and the momentum didn't shift. It wasn't like, oh gosh, the bench is on, quick, get the starters back on. It just kept going. And it was awesome. It was awesome to watch real energy from a few players. A couple of players had a couple of nice moments with JV. He's just gold standard, really. Um, but it was nice to see uh, Kyra, who I think struggled this season, have a couple of nice moments. It was nice to see Josh Hart have a couple of nice moments. Um, Herb, yeah. Is he the discovery of the year, do you reckon, for the, for the whole of the NBA draft? It has to be. He has to be. I mean, Herb is he's the only second rounder starting. I mean, he's the only second rounder getting any minutes. You know, he's just playing out of his skin. Um, and I suppose that was the disappointing part. You could actually see the momentum shift when Herb Jones ran into a rogue uh, Jonas Valanciunas elbow and he got knocked out. So concussion-like symptoms for Herb. Uh, he went to the locker room, didn't return. And all of a sudden, we're another man down. And a guy that we just... Do not want to lose because, I mean, if you have a look at the the uh, net positive to net minus, you know, when he's on the court, plus 28. In When he's off, we're a minus 15. No player has that much impact. Very few players have that impact, especially not in this Pels team this year. And to lose a guy like that who is just starting to show you a bit of the offense, you already knew what his defense was like, but his offense was starting to develop. And all of a sudden, he gets the uh, the wind taken out of his sails by getting injured. So, disappointing. But, um, yeah, I think Herb played out of his skin. He was fantastic. And uh, Jonas Valanciunas was absolutely fantastic as well. Uh, what we need to jump over and have a look at is actually the box score. So, Jonas Valanciunas on the night, 35 minutes, 23 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks. He did everything, 9 of 16. And JV battled today. Every time he went in, Frank Kaminsky could basically slap him around the head and he wasn't getting a foul. Whereas him and uh, JaVale McGee, who were very good for them, were bailed out by the umpires so often, touch fouls, whatever, but JV, you know, you could get him in a headlock, bloody do whatever you want to him, and, and there was just not a whistle. He only had two free throws on the night, which was just crap, honestly. There's no two ways about it. There was some, some bullshit umpiring in that. Uh, moving along, Devontae Graham, 34 minutes, 12 points, three rebounds, six assists, four steals, four of 15 shooting, two of 10 from three, uh, just wasn't great. Josh Hart, 16 and 9. He was good. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker was crap. I am so high on Nikhil, and I backed him in the whole time. But today, that ball was glued to his hands. And I don't know what he thought he was. I don't know if he thought he was Kobe or whoever he thought he was. But move the ball. The offense stagnated every time he touched it. And he was almost unplayable in 29 minutes. He was a minus 16, which was by far the worst on the team. And he was bad. 4 of 14 shooting. Uh, while we're on the kill, what has happened to him? And, and please explain what you think, Like as to what has happened to the kill. 
Nikhil's an interesting one for me because he has all of the makeup to be brilliant. And I think that he is completely underrated with his passing. Some of the passes he makes, you just think, where did you get that from? How did you see so-and-so was free? He just, I think he's got a skill there that's a little bit untapped and can be utilized more. But the issue with Nikhil, and it's, it's the same issue that I think is affecting TM3. And that is purely down to confidence. If Nikhil misses a couple of couple of shots, then he hates it. He's over. He, he, he lowers his head. He doesn't like it. He's got no confidence to go for the next one. TM3, I find that if he's not open, then he doesn't want to take the shot. So it's slightly different in the way that it affects them. But the result was the same. Just missed shots, funny timing, um, and taking shots that really just don't need to be taken. I wonder if a little bit of it is the fact that he was so bigged up in the off-season. He had a great kind of Olympic campaign um, and there was this kind of big hype around him and he was going to get his first shot in the starting five and and it was all going to be great and good. And then he's kind of felt that pressure, felt the weight, felt the weight of not having Zahn there as a backup or in a distraction for the other team. Um, and now he just can't deliver. I wonder if it's a little bit of that. I think as we've got to remember, he, he only – started in the NBA what two years ago he's a 2019 rookie with Jackson and Zion so you know he's young like there is still there, there are the bones of a good player there the, the the jigsaw pieces aren't aren't all coming together for some unbeknownst reason and again it's so hard to judge this team until you have Zion Zion is such a key element to the team that it's so hard to judge the other players when they're built around Zion you know it's like he's the king of the kingdom and he's not there. And now, you know, all the princes don't know what to do. <laughs> they don't know how to run. It's like the queen bee in the beehive's gone and now all the bees are running around in circles and they're not quite sure what to do because the leader's not there. So, yeah, I feel sorry for him. I empathise with him, but we need more, right? It needs to be better. He absolutely needs to be better. And, um, you know, confidence, I think you hit the nail on the head. Him and TM3, both of them, the confidence has just evaporated. And as much as Willie Green coaches these guys up, 90% of it needs to come from yourself. You need to sit there and you go, I'm not playing well enough. How do I get this better? And we saw Nikhil after the last game. He was putting shots up after the game. He knew he'd had a bad one. But he's forcing it. Instead of playing within the offense and getting these curl screen threes that he gets all the time that he trains and he practiced and we saw in the offseason he can do he's dribbling 55 times gone between his legs and just getting absolutely massacred and you can't have it you just cannot have it so i don't know i don't i don't it's it is a really tricky one and um i i don't know what he needs to do but he needs to sort himself out uh the bench brigade was good uh trey murphy had eight and five. Garrett Temple had probably his best game, I think. And I think we saw flashes and he hurt his ankle. He returned from the ankle injury. And um, he really led from the front. He was he was really good. And, um, yeah, I'm impressed that uh, he is, has found that role. 22 minutes tonight. And while we're missing guys like B.I. and, you know, now Herb, Garrett's going to have to step up. He's going to take some more minutes on. And... So far, he's he's doing that. You know, four steals, two blocks. The guy's just stat-stuffed it. You love to see it. Najee was solid. He was a pest. He had three steals. Um, 
didn't do much else, a couple of points, but didn't take many shots. You know, he had five points and hit his one attempt of the night. Um, Kyra, 13 minutes. His change of pace is coming along and he's being more patient. You can see it in his face that he's just thinking about it a little bit more. And I like that. Uh, Jackson Hayes, six and five, one assist, one steal. Got caught out of position a lot. But had some good moments, particularly in the first half. He's a bit of a front runner, if if and a lot of these guys are actually, you know, when it's going your way, everyone is just playing out of their skin. As soon as you're challenged, you fall over. And uh and that was just that was the story of the night. Uh over at the Phoenix Suns team, Chris Paul won the game for him in the end. You know, he came back fourteen points, seven rebounds, and eighteen assists. One steal and a block. The guy was just lights out, and it was winning time. It was absolutely winning time, and uh, um, you know, for him, that's what he's been doing. He's been doing that in fourth quarters for years. Devin Booker was bad. He had 18 points, but seven of 20 shooting. Uh, Miles Bridges, 22 points. Uh, Jay Crowder had 13. Uh, JaVale McGee had 18 points. Uh, and and Frank Kaminsky, in place of DeAndre Ayton, who was out, uh, had 17. And those two centers were just bailed out. And I have no time to talk about both those people because they were just gifted. And they played well for what they are. But, uh, uh, was, yeah, I wasn't happy with that Phoenix Suns team at all. Particularly when the first half was fantastic. Uh, you know... Quarter by quarter, it's probably the best way to look at it. Quarter one, 36 to 22 in favor of New Orleans. Quarter two, 23 to 26 to start chipping back. Third quarter, 23 to 28, and they're, they're on. And then 18 to 36 in the last quarter, and there was four or five minutes where we just did not score. And it just wasn't good enough. It wasn't. We just let Chris Paul absolutely dominate us. And what was your thoughts on, on that collapse once again? This one was different to the others. So the others, we were chasing all game. Chasing, 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 chasing. Doing a rubbish job. And then in the last quarter, somehow, we pulled our fingers out. And we, we get it within, you know, seven or, or six points at the three-minute mark. And I always say to you, if we're not within five at the three-minute mark, forget about it. Yeah. And I'm yet to be proven wrong on that. It's just the way it is. You, you just don't have enough time and... It, and for some reason, this team just can't finish. By that point, it's over. So this was the opposite. We were the ones leading. We were the ones up 20 points. We were the ones having a cracking game. And then it was about halfway through the fourth quarter. It was like, just fell over, just crumbled. It was like a big Jenga tower. And, you know, it just imploded on itself. You know, there's just nothing, there's nothing anyone can say or anyone can do. It's a frustrating situation and it all leads back to one person not being there. And then you've got the second one sitting next to him on the bench. I mean, the two of them were having a cracking game. I don't know if you saw, but anytime the, the camera panned over to them, they're having a right laugh. So I'd like to be in on whatever joke they were, um, <laughs> they were enjoying, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't the last five minutes of the, the Pelicans game that they were, that they were enjoying. I don't think, um frustrating it's it's back to your honorable losses thing it's just so annoying being a fan and at the moment when 
you know, fans seem few and far between for the New Orleans Pelicans. We need something. We need a glimmer. We need a little bit of something. You know, people are disenfranchised with the general manager. What's his name? David. David Griffin. David Griffin. People don't like him because of his piano playing, fibbing about the injury, carry on. People love Willie. That's great. People love Willie. I think people like the players individually as people. So that's a good thing. But the marketing team's letting them down. You know, the t-shirt designing team's letting them down. It just all feels like they haven't got everyone gelled. The boys seem gelled out on the court. Like, the men seem good. They seem together. The coaching staff seem together. But the organisation itself, yeah, just lacklustre. Lacklustre overall, and that's showing on the court. You know, and it's, it's not the players' fault. They're all talented. They're young. I think that's, an, that's a slight issue. It's a relatively young side where that plays into the inability to finish a game and know exactly what to do to actually get the – to seal the deal. I'm not too sure. Um, but maybe we should reserve all judgments until Big Z is back out there. Yeah, well, I mean, when that is, is probably the big question mark. And the problem is, is you're falling in a hole because you're now one and seven. And running away on a road trip, you need to get a couple of wins out of this road trip. It just has to happen. We can't continue to lose because you can't end up one and 15 and then expect to make playoffs. It's just not going to happen. The West is too deep. And at the moment, we're only better than the Thunder, which is not saying much because I've got no one. So... Do you see a road out for this? Do you see a, do you see a path where New Orleans can get to playoffs? Is the, is there is there a way, or do we just lock this season up, call it a done deal, and try and enjoy whatever games we get out of it? No, there's absolutely a way out, and and that is get healthy, get these guys back on the court, and it's also got to be buy in from every single player. You can't win games individually when you don't have an individual player. When you don't have a BI, when you don't have a Zion, when you don't have a Devin Booker, when you don't have a Chris Paul, when you don't have Kobe or LeBron or someone that you can literally just say, I need you to go and win this game. Can you flick that switch and do it? We don't have that player. And as much as Devontae Graham is a fantastic player, he's not that player. Jonas Valanciunas is not that player. They will dominate parts of the game, but they are not that player. The path out is steel wins like you nearly did today, but you've got to finish those off. And that starts with hard defense, scoring in transition, and doing it for four quarters. Yeah. Consistency. It has to happen. You can't just play three quarters or one, one really good quarter. You know, we defended our absolute tails off tonight up until the last five minutes of the game. And then for some unknown reason... The ball stopped moving. There was a few people that were guilty of this. And they decided to put it between the legs four, five, six, eight, nine, twelve times, use the whole shot clock up, and blow a layup. And it happened time and time again. And then we had to force shots. That's not the offense we've been doing. So uh, what frustrates me is that we are losing these games. They are not getting beaten. They are losing them. And that's different to last year because last year we were getting beaten because we just weren't good enough because we didn't buy in. We didn't have that commitment to the system. There's this commitment there, but we're having brain fades. We're beating ourselves. It's 
Stop beating yourselves. That's what what needs to happen. And then Zion comes back and hopefully we can win 20 games on the trot. But we'll see what happens because we're putting a lot of faith in a guy that hasn't played for six months. Do, do you see a way that we make playoffs or are we just going for draft picks? I really hope not because I don't want to go through the exact same media day that we went through this year, which was we're here for the win. We're here for the win. It was like everyone was on auto robot. Here for the win. We want to win. We like to win. We're ready to win. And that's all that we heard all day long at Media Day. You could have summarized that entire Media Day in one sentence. We would like to win basketball. That was it. That's all anyone said. So it's frustrating to then be in a position where, like you say, we're not getting thrashed. We're not getting completely run off the court. We're not looking like we don't belong there. We look like we belong. We look like we just can't finish it. And that's so, that's even, that's more irritating than it was last year. And it's like when you're so hungry for the win, what's the extra factor that we're missing? Okay, it's Zion, right, okay. That's the obviously obvious answer. But these boys were 20 points up without Zion. These guys have been so close on all these games, except Chicago, without Zion. So is Zion the missing piece? I mean, don't get me wrong. Zion's 100% going to help, absolutely. But... These guys have the talent, they have the skill, they have the ability to win. What is the missing piece that means they can't get it over the line? What is it? And that is the question that I'm sure Willie is thinking about the last second before he goes to sleep and the first second when he wakes up. What is the the tiny, I'm sure it's something tiny. Is it just they've not played together for long enough? Is it that they're they're quite young players? Is it that we have a second round draft pick as our... lead defender out there and that the second he gets you know elbowed in the face it's like oh dear catastrophe I mean no one else in the NBA is thinking to themselves that their second round draft pick gets injured oh dear it's a catastrophe we're the only team that are relying and putting that pressure on young guys that are new to the league and that for me is what I think the the issue is putting you well on the spot here by what date or what game number does Zahn need to be back for us to get out of this hole? Well, it's got to be before Christmas <laughs> because we've got 82 games. and How many of them do we need to win? Up until Christmas. No, how many of the 82 do we need to win to get into playoffs? Oh, I think you need to, you need to win 40. You need to win at least 40, I think, to really get yourself a good chance, particularly this year. Um, I mean, what are we, 31 or something last year, 32 last year? How many games do we have after Christmas? Um, The majority, the majority. So, you know, there's a majority of games after Christmas. And for us, you need... It's about banking wins that you should win, like, like our ones and stealing ones that you shouldn't. You just can't get yourself in a hole that you can't dig yourself out of. If you can't get to 500, you've lost more games than you're going to win. You're going to struggle to make playoffs. So what date does Zion need to be back? When he needs to be back yesterday. He needs to be back last month. But <laughs> he, <laughs> he isn't. And we just need to not put... I, I guess we just need to win by committee, like you said. The talent's there. It's about putting it together. But. I'm saying that that's Christmas Day then. So your Christmas miracle is Zion back on the court, fit and healthy, and dunking on everyone's head. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I think so. I, I hope so. I hope we can unwrap Zion Williamson on Boxing Day, but we'll see what happens. 
Um, so next game that we have coming up after that disappointing loss is in a couple of days. I don't think we have a back-to-back, which is great. Oh, we do. We're playing the Kings again. So we're playing again tomorrow. We're on. Uh, and that is another 9pm game. This time we're at Sacramento. So uh, we'll take them on the Kings. We know we can beat them. But we just don't. Um, so look forward to that again. Lark, thank you for coming on. Welcome to your first Hoopball Pelicans. You've heard plenty recorded, but that was the first one you get to speak on. Where can people find you? And do you, uh, are you looking forward to uh, potentially coming on again sometime? Um, there's no really on the socials to find me other than just someone that likes all your all your tweets on Twitter because I'm very supportive like that. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming. I am um, new to the basketball world. I've only um, just learnt by osmosis because uh, I can't escape it in this house. But, um, you know, sometimes you can't beat them. You just got to join them. So thanks for having me on and maybe I'll be invited back sometime. Yeah, we'll see how we go. But thank you very much, Lark, for that. And, um, guys, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, it's been a good chat. And, uh, unfortunately, the Pels lost again. We'll take them on again. We'll be back on here straight after uh, that game as well. Uh, or probably a little bit later on because it's the time difference, as always. Um, anyway, so one final thing. Congratulations to Jordan, who won himself a pair of Zion Ones. Thank you for your donation, mate, and uh, those are on the way to you now. Uh, that was all in support of Feed the Second Line. Guys, everyone that donated and got around it, thank you so much. Um, obviously, it goes to a really good cause, and um, one fellow got himself a pair of shoes, so congrats for that. I'm going to leave it at that, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you after the Kings game. As always, I am Lyle Swithenbank at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. At Hoopball Pels is the show. This is the Hoopball Pelicans podcast and uh, stay safe and bye for now. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.